This episode of the MedTalk Podcast is brought to you by MedTech Innovation Expo, the UK and Ireland's leading event for medical device manufacturing. Save the date for MedTech Innovation Expo 2024, taking place on the 5th and 6th of June at the NEC in Birmingham. For more information, please visit www.medtechexpo.com. And welcome to this episode of the MedTalk podcast, where we discuss the latest news and issues in life sciences. I'm your host, Olivia Freyett, the editor of Medical Plastics News. Today, I'm joined by David Regan, CEO of Sona Nanotech, and Darcy Hart, Optics Engineering Director from Minitronics Medical. Sona Nanotech used Minitronics to engineer its next-generation targeted hypothermia cancer therapy light device. So David, could you tell us about this new technology and how does it work? Sure, Olivia. It's uh, uh, gold nano rods are what uh, uh, Sona Nanotech specializes in. We're the only ones who make them in a biocompatible fashion and that we don't rely on a, a toxin that's typically used to create these tiny little flecks of gold and turn them into a rod shape. Uh, shape that's called, uh, that's called C-tab. Um, those tiny, tiny near atomic scale flecks of gold can do really interesting things. And they've been heavily researched in the last 30 years or so. A, a ton of research has gone into it around the world on, uh, on the uses of obviously nanotechnology we hear about. Ours in particular, we've found that they can be tuned to an infrared light uh, that can pass non-thermal energy through flesh harmlessly and once received, those gold nanorods can convert that energy to heat. So uh, we've partnered with uh, um, our chief scientific officer, uh, Len Pagliero, who developed this therapy called targeted hyperthermia therapy, which involves an injection of those gold nanorods into the body, which aggregate, have a tendency to aggregate in uh, cancerous tumors, particular types of cancerous tumors. Once in there, if a light is uh, an infrared light that's tuned to the same wavelength is applied uh, close to them, again, that energy can pass through the, the flesh harmlessly, get to the nanorods, which can then heat up and kill cancer cells from the inside out. And we do it selectively by just monitoring up to a temperature that will kill cancer cells before it starts to harm healthy cells. Cancer cells are more susceptible to heat than healthy cells. So this is why um, why we're working with Minitronics in terms of engineering the light device element of it. Gold nanorods is our domain. How does therapy of this device differ from current therapies used to treat cancer? So, the issue, of course, with so many of the therapies for cancer is that they do harm. Our goal is to do no harm and yet um, treat the cancer. Uh, it's a precision treatment. It's selective in terms of to which cells it will damage and which it won't, um, so as to minimize or eliminate the collateral damage associated with it. Um, it's truly the future of, of where these types of treatments are going. Um, 
tons of research being done on them, different applications, uh, but the, the surgeons and physicians we speak with uh, all say, look, this is not a question of if this type of selective precision therapy is going to happen, it's just a question of when. And you describe this as a second generation device. Uh, could you tell us more about its first generation and what's new to the second? Sure. So the you know our focus for this uh, treatment will be for colorectal cancer as a as a starting point. For one of the reasons for that is because it uh, the therapy lends itself to treating the particular type of tumors found um, in that type of cancer. Um, secondly, the current treatments. Um, the current standard of care all too often ends with a complete resection that is done and a very poor quality of life that re- that results. So we think this is a really important area where we can start and and make a big impact as a uh, as a first application. So in when we started out on this research, we of course started um, with small animal studies with mice. And, uh, and we're treating melanoma in that case. Now, that was very simple to do with an LED light. So we would inject the gold nanorods into the animal uh, and then apply uh, a fairly simple uh, LED light that the, the developer inventor uh, in his MacGyver-esque way was able to uh, uh, create in his garage and, um, um, and uh, serve those purposes quite well. Now, in order to take that from a melanoma small animal study to a large animal colorectal study, we need to be able to get that light energy uh, into a, uh, a colorectal surgeon's sigmoidoscope or colonoscope. And those devices tend to have um, you know, cameras in them, but they also have free channels that are available to put in fibers of other types. So in doing so, we knew that uh, we knew that um, we had to move out of the garage and uh, and onto much more sophisticated help. Uh, you know, we are neophytes at this. We are developers of a new concept, not engineers, uh, optical engineers. Uh, so it's a foreign concept, and we needed to go with uh, with uh, the best possible partner in that instance. And, and this is what brought us to uh, our partnership with Minitronics. So let's discuss the prototyping stage. Was it helpful to spec out a prototype with Minitronics that had a plan behind it? Yes, uh, you know clearly that was an, an important first step. And it's one that uh, that Minitronics was patient with us as we uh, felt our way through the process for the first time. Um, and it is extremely important for us to accelerate and de-risk the project and the process of engineering a light device so that we can get something uh, rudimentary into preclinical trials as quickly as possible. And the whole concept of, uh, of the startup culture of, you know, uh, fail, uh, fail fast, right? Find out if this works, if this doesn't work, uh, de-risk it. There's no point in doing two years of work on a device uh, to find out only when you come out with a perfect device that, uh, that oh, look, the therapy doesn't work. So, uh, so that has been the, photo- the, the focus on the prototy- prototyping stage. And how did you find working with Minitronics? What was it that made you want to pick them as a partner? You know, we did a fairly exhaustive search 
of potential partners here. And the um, our chief scientific officer, who was the developer of this therapy, was in, frankly, he had done this work first and was enthralled with um, with Minotronics, uh, having uh, spoken with and interviewed and done the diligence on on many different partners. Um, capability in optics was number one. Uh, you know, number two is experience in in those uh, th those types of optical devices that they'd worked on, getting uh, FDA clearances. And there's a, a research we did showed that there are multiple, there are certainly many that have uh, have gone through. So we took great comfort in that. Um, there's also a, a critical uh, concern, which is a match of not just uh, cultures but size of organization. Uh, you know, if you're if one party's uh, significantly smaller than the other, there just feels like there may not be uh, uh, the attention paid. If you're not a, a repeat customer, etc., these were considerations, and so it felt like uh, uh, both the size of Minitronics relative to us and the culture of the organization there uh, felt like it. Uh, uh, there's something that could really um, uh, blend and mesh. We're, we're very excited to work with Sona. This is uh, the patient impact for this device when it becomes um, when it becomes cleared is is really exciting, right? I think we all have experience and know people that that colorectal cancer impacts um, and, and in a pretty severe way. Uh, so I think I think we're all excited about the patient impact. That's what kind of keeps us excited about the, the work we do every day. Olivia, you know, that's what drives us. Um, uh, one of the learnings along the way here, however, is also that, you know, there are um, the number of medical devices that can get cleared by regulators that never actually uh, get into practice uh, is a fairly high percentage. And so for that reason, you know, we're finding it necessary to really engage with the market early on and understand what those user needs are beyond just the science of, you know, how does one treat cancer? There are the commercial realities of, uh, of getting the therapy uh, embedded in current practices and uh, creating awareness even of its existence with, um, with the right stakeholders. So lots of work in that realm as well to do that we're, they're focused on it just as much. This podcast is brought to you by Medical Plastics News, the leading voice in polymer innovation for the medical sector. To read more and to subscribe, visit medicalplasticsnews.com. Um, but what specifically is Minitronics doing? I'll let Darcy start with that. I'm, I'm sure. always curious well, to hear from your perspective how you frame it. <laughs> right. So, so Minitronics is is taking the the science work that that they've done. Um, and translating it into uh, something that can become a commercial device um, in, in a medical field. The, um, the initial work that we're starting with is some uh, proof of viability as the concept translates. There's some significant technical translations between, you know, kind of lab work and the, um, the shortcuts or embodiment shifts that you can have in that environment versus um, that the technologies required to move it from the what you can do in the lab, uh, fairly uncontrolled, into something that can be controlled and can be then 
integrated into something that's a medical device for commercial use. So we're at that early stage of um, of translating that, making sure that that those those key transitions and technology work and are successful, and then uh, giving them some some proto- prototype device to be able to to do some studies with, and again verify that the most important thing, the therapy itself, works. Before right. we move into the next part, which is going to be designing a device that, that can be um, approved by the FTA, submitted, approved, and and then deployed into the into the medical um, arena. Right, and Olivia, you know, even more specifically there in terms of what we're looking for on the um, on the operational aspect of it is, you know, I talked about how we had this uh, a small LED light device, a little small box. Um, and how we now need to be able to find a way to get that light in through a sigmoidoscope into the colon. Um, that's a challenge. Um, so it's a question of taking that light and stuffing it somehow into a fiber that we can then somehow stuff into a sigmoidoscope. And so I'm, I'm uh, clearly going with the, uh, the layman's language here. Um, and, and ensure that there's enough energy getting to the distal end of that fiber and that we can monitor the resulting temperature that's uh, that's changed. Um, so there's some real novelty associated with uh, making all those things happen and making them happen uh, efficiently. But it's a fun challenge. For companies who want to try and find a partner, what advice can you give in order for choosing the right partners? Uh, look, you, I'd, I'd advise them on this. You do need to shop around um, because, you know, when you when you speak to one party, it sounds great, but you often learn so much in talking to a couple of different parties. And frankly, you know, our appreciation of Minitronics was only heightened through that process. Um, <clears throat> you know, a, a focus on not just uh, the internal capabilities for the, the specifics of the projects you have, but also the input the endpoints in terms of um, what has been achieved from that. And I cited the uh, the various FDA uh, clearances that uh, that uh, Minitronics has been critical to, uh, to achieving for their clients. Uh, that gave us the comfort that, as I said, neophytes to this area, we needed to go with the best uh, and the best fit for us. And uh, that, uh, that made it very clear that uh, we wanted to be working with Minitronics. So you talk about fitting in. Darcy, the Minitronics website says that you provide medical device design, development and manufacturing services across several technology specialties, including optical devices. So where would you say that Sona project fits in with yourselves? Right. I think Sona is a is a great example of a of a product where you're coming in, you've got a great technology, you've got an initial proof of concept. And really what we do all day is take that and move it from that into something that can be used to help patients. Um, it's easy to um, it's easy to work supply chain and specifications and design in ways that you miss something and then then you wind up in a in a place where you have to spend a bunch more money and, and kind of loop back. Um, having that capability as, a, as an inherent part of our design process as opposed to a third party um, separate thing that makes sure that all of those pieces are coming together properly um, without a lot of loopbacks and it makes sure that everything's piecing together the way it needs to to, to become a real device. 
we also um, design as we're going for for manufacturing. So when we're when we move to a to the place and time where we're manufacturing and scaling um, the output of of a line, that thinking around what enables successful manufacturing, on time delivery, quality, um, and and good output is is really inherent in the entire design. So you're not thinking about it as an, an afterthought. Design for manufacturing is inherently design. <laughs> it is not an afterthought. Um, when you do it at the end, it, it it limits your it limits your options. David, what other future applications could Sona have with gold nanorod particles? Uh, great question, Olivia, because it's not just this uh, what is effectively a photothermal therapy here. Um, there's targeted drug delivery is uh, one of the prevalent uses right now of uh, of nanotechnology in the in the medical realm um and that there's some really promising uh, developments in that area and it, it again goes back to this concept of precision medicine it's it can be targeted uh, the nanotechnology can be leveraged uh to help target the delivery of medicines and have them only um activated upon the application of uh, of infrared uh, energy and, and and whatnot, just as we were doing with uh, with our application. Uh, there's also uh, the imaging applications, many, many different areas in the nanotechnology area. Our focus with our, our gold nanorods and, and our gold nanorods, the rod shape uh, lends themselves to functionality because you can tune them to uh, to resonate with uh, with particular wavelengths. Um, and so we will continue to focus on that and go from um, uh, once and hoping that we are able to prove this out in uh, in colorectal uh, applications, uh, then move on from there to other applications. And that may well require other specialized light devices to get to wherever those areas are in the body. Uh, as I think I mentioned, the you know infrared light uh, uh, can pass through about, uh, about, uh, you know, half an inch of, uh, of flesh, um, without damaging it. Um, and then it only, uh, converts to heat once it hits those gold nanorods. Uh, so lots of different areas where we can do that, but limitations also, uh, and they need the, the aid of a, uh, a capable light device in many different applications. Thank you both Darcy and David for taking the time out to be on the MedTalk podcast. Well, thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Olivia.